1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Stafford, Akers will try once more. Akers, ball pops out, the ball loose at the goal line. The Cardinals have it. Akers coughs it up, and Arizona recovers. Wow. And watch Buda Baker, heat-seeking missile, puts his helmet right on the football and just pries it loose. Pressure coming. McCoy rush floats it out to Connor. Blockers in front. First down and more. Connor turning on the speed. Looking over his shoulder. Nobody's going to catch him. It's a touchdown. 45 yards for James Connor. Third time today that he's found the end zone and the Cardinals stretch the lead. Bellinger at 200. Bellinger with a shot to right. Back goes Toglia at the wall and it's gone. A home run. A three-run shot for Cody Bellinger. And the Dodgers take a 4 to nothing lead. On third down and four, Borgay throws. End zone, right side, Conyers hauls it in. Three touchdowns, and that one was spectacular. Delora, deep drop, feeling the pressure. Flushed out, Delora. Floats it, open, touchdown, Michael Wiley. What a play. Lefties are hitting 321 against that cutter. Next pitch, and that's a shot that's hit to dead center field, and that one is a line drive home run. It is out of here. Shohei Otani with home run number 36 of the season. He's had 11 of them in his last 21 games, and that swing of the bat ties things up quickly. It's 1-1. three batting titles, six-time All-Star, three gold gloves. Called strike three inside corner heat. Does the trick. Eight strikeouts for Lucas. Connor. Lively kicks and delivers the pitch. And Tyrone, a high drive. Left field. Benson back. Track. Gone. Taylor with a two run shot. And the Brewers break the ice. It's two to nothing crew here in the seventh. Got him. Devin Williams. With a perfect ninth, 18 strikeouts against this Cincinnati Reds offense this afternoon. And the Brewers take two of three from the Reds. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Thursday, July 27th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2 100.7, the 2023 Cardinals over or under four and a half wins. The Diamondbacks, how about adding an impact bat? ASU and the U of A, should they consider joining Colorado in the Big 12? The Angels are buying. They're buying. What are they doing? Are they buying? They are buying. 
what are this why are they doing that is it that is that the right decision is being buyers the right decision for the angels the brewers and the reds are they both playoff teams and what else caught your eye since our last show Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15, we'll have a 2023 Cardinals season preview with uh, Howard Balzer of PHNX.com. Cardinals have their first training camp practice this afternoon. 9.30, interactive action at 602-260-1060 in the local roundup, including analysis of another dismal Diamondbacks performance this one on Wednesday afternoon, more bad relief pitching and horrible situational hitting. It's more of the same, basically. And then the final segment of the Sports Zone, the National Roundup, that'll include from the scoreboard, including Astros, Rangers, and Brewers and Reds from Wednesday. Then after the Sports Zone from 10 to noon, it's the Extra Point hosted by Kayla. That'll include more phone call time. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. Now we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is, over or under the 2023 Cardinals, four and a half wins. Four and a half is the conventional total. That's the uh, consensus out there. So Corey's here and has the answer, over or under four and a half wins. Under right now, leading it 80% of the vote there, over four and a half with 20% on KDUS1060.com. By comparison, no other team has a consensus win total below five and a half wins. Also, some odds makers have actually posted point spreads for every NFL game this season. The Cardinals are the only team not favored to win any game. Today's Twitter poll question, should the Diamondbacks seriously consider adding an impact bat before next Tuesday's trade deadline? And once again, Corey has the early returns. Leading right now is yes, 66%, oh, 66.7% of the vote there. No at 33.3% of the vote on KDUSAM 1060 on Twitter. General Manager Mike Hazen, in his final media gathering before the deadline, was actually asked about his bullpen, and he kind of went off a little bit. Uh, suggesting that the uh, adding some offense is possible. Now, his comments came before the Diamondbacks were 2-for-16 with runners in scoring position in Wednesday's loss to the lowly St. Louis Cardinals. Any Diamondbacks pre-trade deadline suggestions, uh, in addition to that poll question, are certainly strongly encouraged discussion. Meanwhile, staying on the local front, the Pac-12 might be losing another member. Colorado, after a Board of Regents meeting on Wednesday, appears close to leaving the Pac-12 for the Big 12 in 2024. Should ASU and the U of A consider following Colorado to the Big 12? Meanwhile, spanning the globe, the Angels are not trading Shohei Otani, uh, apparently after not getting as many offers uh, involving multiple tra- uh, top prospects for Otani that they had hoped, the Angels then last night quickly decided to become buyers. They added, among other things, Lucas Giolito. He's a Los Angeles area kid. Many, including myself, thought it was much more likely to end up with the Dodgers, but uh, they made that move last night. So the Angels are obviously buyers now. 
Or are they making a mistake keeping Shohei Otani and becoming buyers by adding Lucas Giolito and more before next Tuesday's trade deadline? Meanwhile, the Brewers won for the 10th time in 13 meetings this season against the Reds. That series is now, the season series is now over. Milwaukee shut out Cincinnati for the fourth time this month on Wednesday in their final regular season meeting. Are the Brewers and Reds both postseason teams? Right now they are, by the way. Also, in addition, the Diamondbacks are not, by the way. Also, in addition to all these outstanding questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? That's the pipeline for today. We've got all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category, so whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey will have a news update. That will be followed by a 2023 Cardinals season preview with Howard Balzer of PHNX.com. And then once again at the bottom of the hour, it will be phone call time. General discussion, 602-260-1060. Also, in that bottom of the hour segment, we'll get to the local roundup. Top by the Diamondbacks lose another series. This one to the lowly St. Louis Cardinals. And, uh... Who knows what else we'll get into the, as far as the uh, local roundup goes. Time pending. Some Dodgers. Not a good day for the Dodgers. Not a good last three days for the Dodgers. They've lost two out of three to begin a really long stretch of home games. 16 games out of 21. They're one and two so far after they lost the series to Toronto. Also get some Giants from last night who won another game, but they played the Athletics. Those games do count in the standings, even if you beat the Athletics. You're listening to Sports with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. Your morning drive just got a little better. The Dan Patrick Show is live weekday morning starting at 6 exclusively on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD 2, 100.7, your home of the Dan Patrick Show, live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. The Cardinals' first training camp practice is this afternoon in Glendale, and we're uh, trying to track down Howard Balzer from gophnx.com. And uh, we'll go, okay, so Howard, the uh, senior editor of the Lindy's Preseason Football Magazine, of which I have here to my right, uh, excellent uh, source of uh, info and rosters. Now some things changed once, you know, since then, since publishing date, but not that many actually this year. Anyway, so we're going to try to track down Howard, uh, busy dude, first day at camp and so forth. Uh, so hopefully we can uh, catch up with him. So in the meantime. Let me just throw out just a few general things here. Obviously, it's a new-look Cardinals regime. You know, Steve Keim and Cliff Kingsbury are gone, uh, replaced by Monty Austinfort and Jonathan Gannon. And, you know, there's going to be – there's lots of changes. Also, to – at least I think uh, they have pretty much gutted the roster. 
uh, and they're starting over, which is, I think, exactly what they should do. Then, of course, you have the uh, injury situations, you, not just Kyler Murray, who uh, we're not exactly sure when he's going to play, obviously not at the start of the season after he suffered the late-season knee injury and the torn ACL. Also remember, I think kind of lost in the Murray injury is that Zach Ertz was also injured near the end of the regular season. And uh, this, you know, it, you know, he also placed on the PUP list at least to start camp. And uh, you know, we'll see when he might come back. There are actually some NFL insiders that wonder whether he'll even be on the Cardinals once he's physically able to play. Uh, so we'll see how, what happens with that. But those are those are big deals. Also, when you have a new head coach and obviously a new general manager, most of the time the previous coaching staff is gutted, not just the head coach but assistants, etc. So there are new offensive and defensive coordinators. And so most, it's also sometimes, at least sometimes, and probably most of the time, even during off-season uh, you know, OTAs and minicamp, it's hard to really kind of tell what you, know, you can see where guys are you know, sort of lining up and what the scheme might be. But until you put pads on and even maybe play some preseason games, that's sometimes difficult to determine. Buda Baker, back in February. Uh, requested a trade. He wants a new contract. He wants to to be paid uh, the uh, the highest contract or amongst the highest contracts of safeties in the NFL. Uh, he was uh, up. He was there uh, for the uh, mandatory minicamp this uh, summer to conclude the off season, quote unquote. Uh, but he was not a participant, and uh, he he's in camp. He's in you know he's you know there. Uh, whether he's going to actually participate in camp i've not heard that for sure uh so that's another thing to consider as i mentioned uh you know, you know uh, kyler murray uh, not going to start the season colt mccoy is uh the starting quarterback he's back and there was even some doubt at the end of last year after he suffered uh, another concussion towards the end of last season whether he would be back this season but he is returning uh the coaching staff has definitely uh talked up clayton toon uh, who they drafted out of the University of Houston. I actually liked them a lot at the University of Houston. Uh, you know, they ran a, you know, a, a pass game offense, and you know, he made some impressive throws during his, I think he was a starter there for all, maybe all four years at Houston, but he got extensive time. It wasn't like he was just a last-year starter and just kind of, ooh, this guy can throw the ball. Um, so there's that. As far as some offensive personnel, James Conner and Hollywood Brown figure to be the top running back and the number one targeted wide receiver. Conner, you know, whether he can make it through an entire season or not, unfortunately for him has been a, you know, injury-wise and, and health-wise for him too, non-football injury-related things back in Pittsburgh. Uh, but uh, whether he can make it through a 17-game season, I think is legitimately, legitimately questionable. Um, he's very good, and he's been really good here uh, since he's come here a couple of years ago. He had 18 touchdowns two years ago. I think that was down to seven or eight last year, which is a more of a realistic number. But clearly, of the people, uh, the veterans on their roster, he is clearly the established running back in that group. Obviously, the DeAndre Hopkins situation, uh, they let him go. They decided to uh, eat the money and the contract cap and all that. Uh, for the uh, you know, foreseeable future, 
So that I think that was also the right idea. Uh, Hopkins didn't seem to want to be here anymore. Uh, so that, I think that was another proper move by the new the new hierarchy. So Hollywood Brown figures to be the number one receiver. Now he's had some really good moments in the NFL, including here last year uh, at the start of the season when Hopkins was suspended for the first four games of the season. Uh, but uh, he has not had a you know consistent number one targeted receiver level of play. Uh, I know that's a long you know, phrase there for me, but uh, just trying to figure out the, maybe the right way to put that. But, yeah, he's not been a guy that can be counted on from week one through the end of the season and been a productive, consistent number one receiver in his career, obviously, at Baltimore before he came here and played the, you know, the last year with, the, uh, with Arizona. So those are just a few things as far as the quote. Well, one more about the skill players. Trey McBride. Yeah, the they're uh, you know the the number the number number one rated tight end in the uh, 2021 uh, you know for draft class showed some signs especially towards the end of last season and after Ertz got hurt is he ready to become a number one tight end in the NFL is another question here offensive line you know Calvin Beecham was the only offensive lineman that started every game last year because of massive injury situations. Some of the uh, injured players are no longer here. Um, so basically, uh, but there's some of them are back. DJ Humphrey's back from injury. Uh, and also they drafted Paris Johnson with their first pick of the first round. Traded up to get him uh, from the Ohio, actually traded down to get him from the Ohio State University. Uh, but you know, Humphrey's believed to be the starting uh, left tackle at this point. You know, Beecham is back, so where's Paris Johnson play this particular season? Meanwhile, as far as the defensive side of the ball, they lost a lot of productive players, uh, especially up front. They lost J.J. Watt to retirement. He's off to a television career, which is not surprising, and I would also be really surprised if he did not flourish in that television career. That man can talk. <laughs> and also, and he's got an opinion which is you know, a lot of athletes and coaches that go from the playing field to the broadcast booth and at least originally uh, are maybe reluctant or just don't state much of an, uh, an opinion and it's just kind of uh, you know, just, you know, do the company line or what you would expect them to say. Uh, but uh, you know, I think that you know, Watt uh, is going to be different as far as that goes. I would be surprised – if he, uh, you know, I think he's got a chance to be a television star, quite frankly. So we'll see how that goes. But he went to retirement. Zach Allen, who was really good last season for the Cardinals, uh, and uh, you know, had some very high volume games as far as tackles and a few with the sacks. Uh, he had a really big deal to go to Denver, and the Cardinals weren't going to match or exceed that offer. On the other side of the defense, the deep, the back seven. Uh, corner Byron Murphy, who they drafted in the uh, first pick of the second round a couple of uh, like four years ago, something like that. Now seems like a that shorter than that, but it has been a while. Uh, they did not retain him as he entered his free agency status. He got an offer that he just couldn't refuse from Minnesota. Not for that. It wasn't for Monster Monday. So you know the Cardinals, who do have money under the cap, uh, could have 
uh, match that or you know, entice the Murphy local Valley product uh, from his high school days. It could have enticed him to return, but they opted not to. And uh, we'll get to a little more on a few things here, but uh, right now, more on the Cardinals. Uh, training camp begins today, and Howard Balzer from uh, gophnx.com joins us. And Howard, let, let's just start with a couple of general things here as we start camp this afternoon. Obviously, Kime and Kingsbury are gone, Austin Fort, and Gannon, the new coaching staff in. I know it's uh, you know, kind of, let's just start with the broad question. Based on the last seven months, what are the biggest changes in organizational philosophy, in your opinion? Well, I think, Bobby, the, big, the biggest change, this is new people. And I don't know how much has truly changed. I mean, everyone is always looking for these magic wands when a new, a new staff comes in and when there hasn't been great success. And, of course, there was, there, there was improvement with the previous group until last year, obviously. So everyone's looking for, oh, what's different, all this stuff about accountability and, you know, and all those things. Hey, it really comes down for the most part of having, having good players, <laughs> uh, staying healthy, and then figuring out a way uh, to win games. And so uh, obviously all the players talk positive about the new accountability and the way things will be done and the energy that Jonathan Gannon brings to it. And, and I'm sure all those things are, are what they feel. But, you know, obviously everybody on this team now is playing for a job. And whether it's this year, whether it's down the road with all the players that are on one- and two-year contracts. And I was looking at something the other day, Bobby, and I think there's, aside from the draft picks from the last couple of years and this year's undrafted free agents, I think there's only three or four players on this team, on this roster, that are under contract in 2025. So yeah. well, that just shows what, what what's truly going on here. So uh, certainly there's you know, a good feeling about everything. But I think those things become a big part of the past when the games begin and you see, it, see if this team's how, how, how much they're able to compete, whether it's this year or down the road, with, with, with the other teams in the NFL. Because it, everybody's, doing, everybody's pretty much doing the same thing. A lot of teams have been coached. A lot of teams have had success. And the Cardinals obviously have to compete within that group that's very difficult to compete with in the National Football League. Okay, the offensive and defensive schemes are, are you know, different. Um, I don't know if we can get a whole lot as far as the off season, as far as you know what the, those schemes might be. So, or me, we may be looking at training camp in the preseason to you know, maybe better define what those things are going to be. You no, know, I, I think that's definitely the case, and and certainly on defense, where you know we we've, we've gotten a little glimpse in OTAs and, and mini camp of what it was going to look like and we'll see we'll see a certain amount of it in training camp and games but i, I don't know that they're, they're going to give away too much i think the offense is where there'll obviously be changed it looks like we're going to see the quarterback under center more uh, we're going to see quarterbacks rolling out you know more design rollouts i think that uh, we're going to see we saw a certain amount of that uh, during the practices and so i know everyone's you know hailing that oh we're finally going to see you know the, you know the quarterback under center as if all of a sudden because of that you're going to win games <laughs> You know, you know, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of teams in this league. There's a lot of teams in this league that play mostly shotgun, and a lot of teams that are very successful uh, doing it that way. And most of the time, the reason is is because they have the players and they have an offensive line. And to me, you know, I saw, I've seen different lists of all the questions, you know, the major questions going into camp. And I saw one list the other day, Bobby, where there was eight questions that this team has in training camp, and the offensive line wasn't even mentioned. 
And I'm thinking, how's, how's that possible? I mean, there's, there's not a team in this league that is consistent offensively on a, on a week-to-week basis or even within a game unless they have those guys up front that can block in the running game and protect the quarterback. And there's certainly we hear that they're, oh, they, they want to have an emphasis on the run, which everyone is talking about. Well, that's all well and good. But you know what? The only way you can have an emphasis on the run is if you run it well. I mean, if you're getting two yards on first down all the time, you're not going to be running it very much. So all of those things are what start to happen when the games begin. And, you know, certainly we're a little, not, not a long way away from that, but, you know, we still are a bit away from uh, where, where it's going to be. And, and seeing if a lot of these players that we don't know, know much about are going to be able to step up and play pretty good roles. Buda Baker in camp. Uh, he certainly made it uh, known that he would like a new contract. Is, is there any hint from either side regarding his contract status? There hasn't been a hint. I think there was a little bit of surprise that he was he was out there yesterday doing some work. We'll see if that continues. It, it could be that he's confident that there are discussions and that they will get something accomplished, if not very soon at least by the start of the season. But we really don't know. We really don't know. But, you know, Buddha's being Buddha, and, and so, you know, like I said, we'll see if that continues with him on the field. It's very important, obviously, with all the changes that this roster has seen in the offseason for him uh, to be out there. And so I, I do want to apologize. I was a little late for this interview because I was deciding whether to hold in or not. Uh, from from a lot of interviews and and and, and I finally decided now I'll, I'll I'll just I'll just do it I'm do what I'm supposed to do so apologize for that but yeah he's he's a key to the how, team how I could mean, you choose at, how could you be how could you be flirting with anybody other than me come on <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know that was a good question it's a good it's a good question but you know I'll tell you when you look at this roster and the way it's constituted now if you were if you would try to identify some strengths on the roster when you look at position groups, for example, at least the way it is right at this moment, you'd have to look at the safeties as, yeah. as one of the best and maybe one of the better tandems in the NFL. And so, and we'll see where Isaiah Simmons fits in all that. We'll get a, you know, a little bit of an idea during, during camp. But again, I think even with him and some other situations, we really won't know how it's going to be until the games begin. The real game. That, le- that leads me into exactly what I was going to talk about next is Isaiah Simmons. He didn't have his fifth-year option picked up. Do we know, best guess, where might Simmons, and for that matter, Zayvon Collins line up on this new defense? You know, I don't think that the way they use Simmons is going to be all that much different than it was in the past. Maybe there'll be less time in the box than he had, but – I mean, when you have, when you're a deep, when you, you know, he considers him as a defensive back now and for safety, obviously, than a cornerback. And so when you have, when you have Baker and Jalen Thompson out there who play most of the snaps, where will he play? Well, a lot of times, so I think he'll be up in the box in run, on rundown. He'll be back a lot of times in the passing game, maybe up a little bit uh, if, if he's playing a guy in the slot, which could be a difficult matchup uh, for a guy of his length staying with some of the really quick slot receivers that there are in the league. So I don't know if that will be all that much different. You know, with Collins, I, I just think, Bobby, it, it's tough to, you know, to categorize and to pigeonhole where guys are going to be because the reality is, is you have a lot of different personnel groups on defense that are out there depending on down and distance against the run, you know, short yardage, uh, passing down, 
you know, all those things. And, and so I think a guy like Collins, you know, could be moved around a bit also. And a lot depends on how some of the other pass rushers uh, develop under this system. You know, when you have a B.J. Ojolari, you know, hopefully he gets out in the practice field soon. You have returning guys like, you know, Majai Sanders and Cameron Thomas and Dennis Gardeck and Daimu KJ. So, you know, they've got some guys who have the ability to rush the passer but haven't shown it, haven't had the opportunity really to show it a lot in recent seasons. So I think, you know, that's a very competitive group that they will have with, at, you know, at pass rush. And, I, you know, I think, maybe, maybe, you know, who knows, maybe we'll see Simmons blitz, you know, a little bit more than he has in the past. But I think those are all things, like I said, for the games and all depending on, on the different game situations that, that occur. Okay, James Conner and Hollywood Brown, they figure to be the top running back and the number one targeted wide receiver. Is there a number two running back? And how's that wide receiver room go after they get uh, after Brown? How's that go? Well, I, I think I think they would like the number two guy to be Keontae Ingram. He didn't have a lot of opportunity last year, and so you know it's hard for a running back if they're in there just for a couple of plays to really get anything done on a consistent basis. We do know that James Conner misses games. I mean, that's just been, that's been the story of his career. I mean, last year he missed he missed four total games, and there were another two or three that he left early. And so you know he's he's probably not going to be on the field every snap for 17 games. And so I think they'd like it to be Ingram. And you know Corey Clement is a guy that can you know help in the passing game. Good receiver. He'll be good on special teams. A good veteran presence to have out there. But right now the, the running back room is pretty lean. I was a little surprised that no one else had been brought in. There's still time in camp to do that with some of the running backs, you know, that are out there. In terms of receiver, who's the number two guy? That that's the question really of the day. Um, you know, can Rondale Moore stay healthy? And he there was a lot of things planned for him last season, and injuries just scuttled it uh, basically. I, I think the guy to watch uh, overall is Michael Wilson. I mean, this guy has shown, and granted, it's only been in shorts. So far, so we really don't know in terms of actual football, but he has the size which the three returning receivers don't have with with Brown and 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 Moore and Greg Dortch. I mean, they're all five foot nine or shorter, and Wilson's six two. Zach Pascal is six two. I think we're I think Bobby, we're going to see a lot of different combinations at receiver again, depending on you know the situation. Uh, you know, when there's two receivers on the field, when there's three. You know, I don't know how much, how many times we'll see four, but I think that's where the tight ends fit in also, and could be crucial in this passing game. Whenever it is that Zach Ertz is ready to play, and how much improvement Trey McBride can make uh, from last season when he started uh, playing a lot better in the second half of the year. But let's remember, he's in a new offense also, just like everybody else, and so he has to he has to be totally comfortable with that, just like everybody else. Okay, last thing from the offense, D.J. Humphreys back from injury. Is he a full go? And uh, how does Paris Campbell or Paris Johnson, excuse me, got right, right school, wrong Paris. Paris Johnson, uh, the first-round pick, how's he fit in this year? He has to be on the field. I don't think there's any doubt about that. The question is where everyone believes is going to be, at least from what we've seen so far, at right tackle. But, you know, I wrote this the other day, Bobby, in my offensive preview for camp. I said coaches always talk about getting the best five guys yeah. in the offensive line on the field. So the question is, if Paris Johnson supplants Kelvin Beecham at right tackle, then who is the left guard? 
and is that Dennis Daly? Is that Elijah Wilkinson? Or is that Paris Johnson Jr.? Because the line would be better with him at left guard and Beecham at right tackle as opposed to Johnson at right tackle and someone else at left guard. Could it be Pat Elfline, who they just signed the other day but obviously doesn't know the offense? He's played mostly center, but he's played some guard in his career. So you have to you know, potentially look at him, and that's, that's the other big question. I mean, th- this team, Bobby, over the last two seasons was a totally different team when Rodney Hudson was on the field and when he yeah. wasn't. And so who's going to be the center? I don't know that they have anybody right now that is as good as Rodney Hudson was when he was playing, but they have to be better at that position. Is, you know, will, will they play a rookie like John Gaines? Does Lasita Smith have a shot? Uh, Yelda Froholt, where, where, you know, he, he's been the guy most of the time and he has knowledge of that offense that Drew Petzing brought over from the Browns. And then you throw Elfline into the mix. So that's gonna, I think that's going to be where the real competition is in training camp. They've got 16 offensive linemen uh, right now on the roster. And how that plays out is, is going is to have a big, a huge impact on how well this team can play on offense this season, no matter who is under center. Okay, last up, I was talking about the low expectations uh, before we, uh, we hooked up here. Uh, the Cardinals' over-under win total for this year is four and a half in a 17-game season. That's one loss uh, or win, depending on your viewpoint, lower than anybody else in the league. Cardinals over-under four and a half wins this season. Yeah, and I think the next team is, I think, around six and a half. And I, I think yeah. that probably when you look at what, what's on paper, it's understandable why that is, and especially with the unknown with Kyler Murray of what he's going to be able to play. What, more important, when is he going to be able to practice to even get ready to play? And what's the team going to look like when he gets out on the field with that line and all those, all those players around him? So I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, we've heard the story a million times about the, the projections. They're, they're an underdog in every game which does it really mean much in May or June or July? No, not really. And a bunch of those lines are, you know, two points or four. You know, most of them, most of them are one-score lines. And so the bottom line is how competitive will they be in those games? And are they able to steal, you know, more than four? Can, can it get to five? Can, you know, who knows? I mean, who knows? But a big part, obviously, is staying healthy. If they can stay healthy, then I, I think they're going to be – they'll certainly be a competitive team that will get out there and give every other team – what they ha- you know, all they can give. But bottom line is eliminate the penalties, you know, don't have turnovers, take the ball away. You know, if they can do some of those things well, then they might be able to steal a few games. I've used the example, Bobby, a few times that I, I forget the exact season it was. I probably should look it up because I've said this many times. I forget the season. But Todd Bowles was the head coach of the Jets, and they looked to be like an awful team on paper. And there was, there was some saying they'll be lucky to win a game. And that's what they were saying about the Jets going yeah. into that season. And they won five. Granted, not very good, but it certainly wasn't zero or one or two. So they got out there and they, they played hard and, and, and they won some games that a lot of people probably expected them not to win. So we'll see if the Cardinals can do something similar to that uh, when this season begins on September 10th. All right, Howard, good stuff. We'll be seeing you soon. Thanks. Look forward to it, Bobby. Take care. Okay, that's our Cardinals preview with Howard Balzer of GoPHNX.com. Tomorrow we will have two previews as we wrap up the uh, NFC West. 
Uh, in this particular hour, we'll preview the Rams, and then in the 10 o'clock hour during the extra point, we will preview the Seahawks. All right, next segment, phone call time. A little late. Uh, you got to really hustle up for phone calls. i got to try to jam in some of the Diamondbacks in the next segment there, but no problem. 602-260-1060 if you want to hustle up and get in. Also, uh, we'll get to uh, the, at least a little bit of the local roundup. Uh, the Diamondbacks' latest loss yesterday on uh, Wednesday afternoon. They lose the series to the previously really struggling uh, Cardinals. The Cardinals, had, uh, they've been bad all season long, one of the biggest disappointments in baseball. I think you should probably throw in the Padres. The Mets and the Cardinals is the biggest disappointments in the sport. Well, they won two out of three here, and it was home run derby again yesterday. In fact, the Diamondbacks gave up more home runs yesterday in any game. The most they've given up in any game this season, in fact. You're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlex HD2 100.7. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD2 100.7. Lightning fast edition of the local roundup here. Uh, the uh, Diamondbacks, whew, the, uh, we heard about the jump start after the victory and the rally on uh, Tuesday night that was going to you know, re jump start or jump start the rest of their season. Well, that ended quickly on Wednesday. Uh, the. Uh, the pitching staff allowed a season high five most the season high most five home runs, um, two of those uh, from Zach Gallen. He was the uh, losing pitcher in the eleven to seven loss to the lowly Cardinals. Gallen entered the game with the lowest earned run average in home games amongst all Major League Baseball starting pitchers. He allowed five runs on seven hits and two walks and eight strikeouts in six and a third innings. The Diamondbacks bullpen which has been, I'm going to be complimentary here, average at best for most of the, most of the season. It's been awful during the 3-9 and nine record since the All-Star break. On Wednesday afternoon, Scott McGuff again got trashed, gave up two more home runs. Also, Kyle Nelson was taken deep. Don't be fooled by the seven runs they scored. Uh, the Diamondbacks were trailing 11-3 heading into the bottom of the ninth inning. For the game, uh, the Diamondbacks' recent run of awful offense also continued. Two hits with six t- uh, in 16 at-bats with runners in scoring position. Needless to say, that's abysmal and unacceptable, but something uh, that uh, we've seen, uh, you know, lack of clutch hitting lately has been terrible. Meanwhile, homecoming week for Paul Goldschmidt and also uh, and, uh, and, uh, Nolan Gorman. Uh, Goldschmidt on Wednesday hit his second home run of the series, while Gorman, a local Valley High School product, hit two more home runs. That gave him three in the series. The Cardinals' 11 runs came without Nolan Arenado or Wilson Contreras, even in the lineup. They were both out because it was a rest day. Arenado uh, 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 almost never sits, but he did yesterday. Contreras has had some injury issues, so maybe that contributed to his getting a day off also, plus it was a day game after a night game for a catcher, so you know, throw that, all that in. But they got 11 runs and hit the five home runs, and those two guys weren't even in the lineup. Up next, the Diamondbacks off today before they begin a home series on Friday against the Mariners. Maybe these teams can make a deal, by the way. Seattle uh, with former Diamondbacks executive Jerry Depoto. 
He's always looking to make a trade, it seems. Uh, they have a surplus in Seattle of pitching and could use an outfielder. Uh, the Diamondbacks seem to have a surplus of outfielders and certainly could use some pitchers. All right, that's it for a really quick segment here. I'll come back and wrap up the sports zone with the National Roundup for today. And uh, we'll start that National Roundup uh, in the next segment with the, uh, the Major League Baseball scoreboard from yesterday. Uh, the Rangers still lead the American League West, and the Brewers probably wish they just played the Reds every single day of the season. It's been uh, seems like they've played the Reds every single day of this month. They did have three series against them. The Brewers won seven of those games in the uh, you know three series stretch. So uh, the season series ended yesterday between the Brewers and the Cincinnati Reds. Also, don't forget the Extra Point with Kayla coming up in the next two hours, hosted by Kayla from 10 to noon. We'll have more phone call time, among other things. 602-260-1060. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7. It's time for today's National Roundup. All right, welcome back. Final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7. Quickly from the Major League scoreboard, the Rangers still lead the American League West. Adolis Garcia hit a grand slam to highlight a seven-run fifth inning. And the AL West leading Rangers are still in first place. They hit four home runs. They beat the Astros last night 12 to uh, 13 to 5. It was a wild game. Uh, just check out the highlights. It was uh, There was a bench-clearing incident that nobody got in a fight, but there was some angry words exchanged, including from uh, between Bruce Bochy and Dusty Baker at one point. Also, Framber Valdez, who hasn't been the same since he left a game with an injury, I think it was three or four starts ago. He got trashed last night. Gave up a, a season-high six runs on eight hits. He pitched a season low three and two-thirds innings. He was awful. It was home run derby. When it wasn't home run derby, it was the line drive festival. Uh, They did get Altuve and Jordan Alvarez back last night. Uh, Altuve had been out since July the 4th. Uh, Alvarez missed 39 games, as it turned out, with a right oblique injury. And he went one for two. He got hit by a pitch in his first at bat, which kind of started all the shenanigans. Meanwhile, the Brewers uh, wish they played the, Ray, the the Reds every day, like I mentioned earlier. Freddie Peralta yesterday afternoon pitched six innings, six scoreless innings, matched a career high with 13 strikeouts. Tyrone, uh, Tyrone Taylor, he tried to say, hit a, a two-run homer, and the Brewers beat the Reds 3-0. Uh, the Reds uh, shut out for the fourth time in the last three weeks by the Brewers. That's also Milwaukee's 12th shutout victory this season. Their uh, bullpen has been tremendous. Peralta had a, the, the best start of the season for him. But the uh, the trio of Pagaro, Piomps, and Williams, pretty much uh, unhittable so far in the last oh, month or so, and maybe even longer than that. Those guys pitched the last three innings, one apiece, and allowed no runs in those uh, innings. So next up for these teams... Uh, they both played now difficult series after this. Uh, the Reds hit the road. They go to Dodger Stadium for three games. 
Uh, Brandon Williamson is scheduled to start that first game for the Reds in that series. Meanwhile, Milwaukee goes to Atlanta to play the Braves. The Braves won two out of three in Milwaukee last weekend. That's only been that's been the only blip on the radar uh, for really the last few you know six weeks or so uh, for the Brewers who have uh, seemingly gotten it together here. Also, real quick, couple of things. Rob Manford, MLB commissioner, as expected, got a, a contract extension through at least the 2028 season. Heard through the grapevine, the White Sox, obviously they started selling last night when they traded Lucas Giolito to the Angels. They're uh, getting interest in the, the very struggling Lance Lynn, who was awful again yesterday, by the way. Uh, the uh, Tampa Bay and, uh, is are amongst uh, that's one team that's supposedly interested in, in uh, Mr. Lance Lynn. Uh, the NFL, Aaron Rodgers, two years, $75 million guaranteed. Also, uh, Panthers coach Frank Reich. Uh, announced that uh, Bryce Young will be the starting quarterback. He somehow beat out Andy Dalton after one day of practice. They couldn't announce like before practice started that he was going to be the starter. As I mentioned in the sports, um, Colorado, after a Board of Regents meeting on Wednesday, uh, they appear close to leaving the Pac-12 for the Big 12 as early as the 2024 season. All right, that's it for the Sports Zone for today. Stay tuned. In the next two hours, it's the Extra Point hosted by Kale. That'll include more phone call time, 602-260-1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening.